0: It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies, brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I am DJ Scruggs. along with my partner here, Manny Perez. Hey, what's going on, DJ? Well, um, what's going on is today we're going to be talking to Larry Higgins, um, who is, I'll let him introduce himself, but he's got some very creative ways to deal with believe it or not returned mail hello larry hey dj how you doing today we are great um a- adam told me about this and actually as a um as i've done a fair amount of fix and flip myself and i've done a lot of direct mail um but you don't know al- your mail doesn't always get through first of all so so why don't i just let you take it from there and you explain to us the, the challenge of doing direct mail uh, as it relates to real estate
1: yeah so my, I went down this path initially being a fairly new person in real estate, you know, a little over about four years ago, I wasn't a high volume guy, but before I knew it, I probably had 150, 200 pieces of return mail. And I'd always heard, Hey, there's gold in the return mail, skip trace it and find the owners and contact them. That was, that was all I'd heard.
0: Right. I've heard the same thing, but it's yeah,
1: every, everybody's heard it. And that, that's why I like talking about skip tracing because nobody ever goes into depth on, well, what the hell is that? What, what are you doing? What does that mean?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, at the time, it was, it was not cost effective to hire somebody to do it. And I learned a lot about how to, first of all, it put me on the path of becoming my own skip tracer. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it was also how to prioritize. If you've got 200, skip tracing is not passive. There's a little bit of work involved. It's, it's nothing horrible. It's mm-hmm. definitely worth the effort. But you can only you can only run down so many leads at one time. So I also learned a lot about how to assess, you know, look for different types of indicators and basically prioritize those leads. You know, the goal is to have that ratio as small as possible when you're skip tracing.
0: So so just to be clear, so script tracing is is you get a return mail, it says, you know, no forwarding address. And, and so you know what, (laughs) the advice I heard that you heard is go after those people try to find those people. And what would normally be involved or, or maybe what is involved? and in, because that was always something I heard, but I didn't really know what to do next. So yes. what would you do next?
1: So you it starts with a, a decent skip trace service. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the biggest, most common mistake I see with uh, people that are trying to get into skip tracing or they're new, they think they're skip tracing is they're using a what I call a lower tier site like Spokio and Telius, been verified, People Finder.
0: Mm -hmm. Those are really cheap. Those are the ones that come up when you search for someone's name. It it says, uh, you can find them. Go to this website.
1: Very, very (laughs) appealing because they're very cheap. Right. The the issue, I'm not saying you can never find the right number or find those people using those services, but there's a correlation between return mail and vacant houses. Mm-hmm. that those people are generally harder to find. So you'll, if you're using those lower tier sites, you're running in circles a lot of the time. So it, it'll
0: just return the same address you got before, or? That,
1: or you're not getting good phone numbers, or sometimes that person's dead or deceased, oh. and that service isn't showing those death records. Well, if you're using those services, you're trying to call dead people and you don't know it. So mm-hmm. so it starts, it, that's the, the most basic thing, is at least get a, an upper tier service. Mm-hmm. Uh, You start with solid, a solid skip trace service. And from there, okay, what's going, you know, say you get a return letter. uh, Let's just say it's a tax delinquent property and you know, high equity tax delinquent Mm -hmm. and it was, should have been owner occupied. You get the return letter, you skip trace it and the owner comes back. They're deceased. Very common scenario. Uh So what do you, on paper it looks owner occupied. So this is what, this is that type of lead really gets me excited because nobody else knows what you're dealing with is really an estate scenario. They right. just can't see it. so they, they don't
0: re- know, so you've sort of gone the next you, the mail didn't get through and now you've ascertained that, well, here's the reason it's actually probably an estate It's in probate or something like that.
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of times they won't even, a lot of times they won't even be in probate
0: because Oh right, right, right.
1: Because if it was in probate, the owner of record would probably be listed as an estate. Ah, and so it's little things like that, real simple, but you you pick these things up along the way. Um, another little indicator, just from the the county records, is if it's non-occupied, but in the mailing address, I'm just throwing a crazy little tidbit out here. But if you see care of, you know, John Smith owns this property, but the mailing address is different. So John Smith care of, you know, John Smith Jr.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not a hard and fast rule, but a lot of times. I can see that and generally that's going to tell me it's actually probably in a state. I'll zero in just seeing a list, just seeing that care of on there. I'll, I'll skip trace them just to see, confirm what I'm thinking that that person's probably deceased. Um, I'm getting a little off track with that, but, uh, so say it's a deceased. you do now. It's like, okay, you know, do a quick Google search for an obituary or a good skip trace service is going to show you the likely relatives. Okay. Pull pull records on the likely relatives. Pick up the phone. Uh, and, that, and that's in a nutshell. Just and I don't send letters. And the reason is a lot of it's not uncommon that you call those people and they think for some reason if if you were to mail they may think they can't sell the house for some reason or uh, they may not they may not realize they even own it anymore. It's not uncommon that you call somebody in that scenario, and the family says, look, I'd love to sell it, but the county owns it now, or the bank owns it now, just because mm-hmm. no one was paying the taxes or the loan, they make an assumption that it's just gone. Uh, it, that's hard for some people to get their head around that that happens, that's a very realistic scenario. Mm-hmm. And if you call enough of those types of properties, you will that you will come across that.
0: So, so let's back up for a second, we, we probably didn't get a didn't give a proper intro and i mean how did you so you it said like you were doing mailings for a while and you were getting returns uh, and, and then did you just immediately start doing the skip tracing on your own or did it take you a while to kind of realize the, the possibilities there
1: it took me probably uh, two or three months before i was like you know what i'm just gonna and part of my problem was being new i was doing a little bit of everything i wasn't mm-hmm. doing a lot of anything in particular, but a little bit of everything, Mm -hmm. bandit signs, mail, driving for dollars. And then I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to get really good at this and run these down. Mm -hmm. The that's kind of what put me down the path and it it just grew from there. Uh, so now I don't even, I don't even do mail anymore. Uh, I'm not recommending this for anybody right now. Just jump out. I can just take a list and I start sorting through lists, looking for different things. My my goal is to look for as many distress indicators as possible. And then I'll just skip trace them and see, you know, see what the results are. It does it look like it's worth calling.
0: So wait, uh, you say, so you don't mail, but you'll see it, that's a driving for dollars scenario. You'll look at a property that looks like it's trouble. And then yeah,
1: what? driving for dollars is one thing. Uh, so like I said, I, I haven't done a mail campaign in probably two and a half years, three years, something like that. Um, driving for dollars, I recommend that for anybody just getting started without a huge marketing budget to go drop a grand in mail a month, and you know let that play out for two or three months or more. It's right. not uncommon. <laughs> it does
0: take in. a while sometimes, yeah.
1: In, in, the, in that scenario, it's crazy to me for somebody that's brand new to go throw a ton of money in mail for a couple of reasons, first of all, if they had some really good coaching, maybe they're going to have a decent list to mail to. But secondly, it's a numbers game. I call it the yellow letter lottery. These mail lists are so saturated. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a numbers game, you know, especially on a really, you know, probates, you know, high equity, non occupied properties, tax delinquencies, delinquencies and things like that. Those owners are, there's, they're getting no shortage of offers from people wanting to buy their houses. So if you're brand new, it's a numbers game to begin with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could bleed money a little bit before you get a deal, and there's a good chance you're you, know, you get one that comes to you and you blow it because you're you're not that experienced at negotiating or you don't recognize it as a deal because you don't know your numbers. Right. So, for me, well, I always tell people that, that I, I come across that are kind of new, ask them what they should do. Hands down, the quickest, most efficient way to go get a deal, in my opinion, and basically what I got into was. Go drive for dollars. Go find 100 vacant houses, and then I'll guide you. Kind of show you the, you know, we'll prioritize your top 10 or 20 based off of those distress indicators. You know, deceased owners, taxes, expired listings, the, you know, how rough the house is, uh, and then skip tracing them and call them. Uh,
0: that's and so high- usually do, you usually do, you so you don't mail to them. You just pick up the phone and. Talk to Correct.
1: And the reason being is you never know. Sometimes these people have gotten some mail, but they haven't called and they, they would like to sell, but mm-hmm. they haven't called anybody because they don't think they can for some reason. That's not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's an, especially in a estate scenario. Maybe the, you know, a lot of people think the only estates they can go after are probates where there was a will was probated and you know, they're doing everything by the book. Mm-hmm but people die every day all over the place that don't have wills. They're never going to show up on a probate period because it's never going to happen. So unless an investor steps in and takes care of that. So when you, when you get into those scenarios, the family may want to sell, but they just, they don't have the, they think they, it's not even worth having a conversation or calling anybody because there was no will or they don't have the money to, you know, go, go through the probate without a will and that kind of thing. Um and that's where we as investors provide tremendous value to them uh,
0: so, w- so when you can you maybe just walk us through like what happens when when you call one of these? Uh, sure what it looks like uh,
1: so uh you know one scenario um uh, let me think of uh I'm just running different deals through my head where okay here's one um. And this is part of another thing with skip tracing. Before I jump into the story, Mm -hmm. another, the biggest mistake I see and most common problem I see with people skip tracing is they're not thorough and follow through and executing and establishing contact. It, It can be work. And here's an example, uh, found a house just happened to drive by it. It was vacant. And, uh, skip trace the owners. And again, on paper per the county, husband and wife, alive and living in that property, but I knew it was vacant. I skipped trace them and they both died in the last five years. Mm -hmm. Um, I identify who looks like the three daughters just based is pretty straightforward to me. And I tried calling all three of them. One of them I could not get a good number for later on. I found out why. Uh, And then the other two I was calling, I had some questionable numbers. They were working, but there was no voicemail
0: or they were, yes and you call it it just says leave a number for three one three yes exactly
1: yeah. yes. and when you call as much as we do that you trust me you hate it even more uh-huh. <laughs> so um uh, if you call me i say hey this is larry but uh so rather than just you know pull my hair out or you know throw my hands up in the air and say oh i guess this is a dead deal i you know all those questionable numbers i sent text messages to and I have my basic script and um, the girl, the daughter, one of the, one of the three heirs replied back to me and said, you know, I would like to, you know, I would like to sell the house, but the bank's foreclosed on it. And I didn't realize there was a loan on it at that point. And uh, I said, well, I did a real quick search. I looked, I was like, okay, there's a ton of equity in this house and they have not foreclosed on it. But it's that scenario I just talk, spoke about earlier. Mm-hmm. They just assumed the bank had foreclosed on it because they weren't making payments on it. Mm-hmm. And I just replied back to her still text message and just said, Hey, I just double checked. I was like, there's no record of foreclosure. You can, st- you're, you know, you're one of the legal heirs to the property. You know, I can take care of the probate stuff, this, that, you know, would y'all be interested in selling? She said, sure. Can I call you after work? And that was it. That led to is like a thirty-eight, forty $40,000 deal
0: nice. Wow. Good and
1: that, so that's part of that process is sometimes it, it's not just phone calls. Sometimes it's the text messages. Sometimes, you know, again, not to say this happens all the time, but there's been scenarios where the owners have died and there's just nobody, no heirs, no relatives. You're, you you've hit a brick wall. And we've gone as far as to bring in a genealogist in several properties. <laughs> I like <Wow>. that idea. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, two, three years ago, I was still learning, learning and figuring this stuff out for myself. I never, that was where I was still making the mistake of lacking follow through. But you know, six, seven, eight months ago, we found this one that's like, it was just, everything told me it was a hot deal, huge tax issue, uh, thought it was vacant initially. And then I figured out it may be squatters and the owner, the owner's heir had both died and just, ton of equity in there. And, uh, that was the first deal we brought in a genealogist. Next thing I know, I'm talking to a cousin who turned out to be one of the heirs in Alaska mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm informing her, Hey, you know, out of the blue, Hey, you know, introduce myself while I was calling, you know, FYI, you're a legal owner of this property, you know, according to our airship laws. And you know, I'd gotten kind of a family tree from her. Uh, FYI, you owe like 30 grand in taxes. It's really in bad shape. I texted her a picture of the house and, uh, oh yeah, you may have squatters in it. Would you like to sell? <laughs> <laughs> Literally how the conversation went and I had to inform her that her cousin died. She hadn't seen him in like 20 years. Oh, man. And, uh, that deal taking those efforts was the best deal we did all year. I mean, it was a, not a home yeah. run it was a grand slam. So, uh, that work, it, it may not sound that appealing to go through that kind of stuff, but, you know, if I said, hey, if you just, <laughs> we risked, I think, $150 on a genealogist. Maybe. So, I never maybe
0: even. I mean, that's yeah. such a brilliant idea. I never even thought of that. Like, I, I didn't even know you could really sort of. I mean, it makes sense, obviously, but you can hire a genealogist basically to help, you know, tra- track yeah. down the.
1: And, and the, the, vast, the vast majority of people, it's not hard to find their relatives, at least identify who their relatives are. And then it may be a little work sometimes to find them, but the vast majority of people, it, you know, it's not that hard to find relatives, but you do get some that it's just a dead end. Um, I just, you know, it, it, and to me, I always do, when I get to that dead end, I do an assessment, you know, risk reward. What's the potential payoff? What am I seeing with this property? It's vacant, it's in distress, uh, sizable tax or m- mortgage default. Well, I've got these different factors working in my favor. I like my odds in getting not just a, not getting the deal, but getting a, a very, very good deal. And it's worth that time and effort.
0: Definitely. I mean, the further removed from direct ownership of the property, the, the more motivated they are or, 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 or the more flexible they are. You know, if they've never lived there, if they don't own it, they don't have a lot invested in it personally. And to, to that, I mean, to that person in Alaska, this was just like winning the lottery, right? Oh, I just got yeah. this thing. This guy wants to give me a few thousand dollars or whatever it was you paid.
1: And it, it, it ended up being six or seven heirs involved, but she helped coordinate everything. And it was, it was, it was the easiest negotiation. One of the easiest ones I had all year. And it was, it was absolutely the best deal we had all year. So uh, yeah, can I get more of those please? You know, absolutely,
2: uh, man. Uh, so that, yeah. Oh, go ahead.
1: Sorry. I to say so. That's that's one example of uh, of how it can play out, you know. And it, that was a vacant house. But again, going back to return mail, we we've got a guy in New York. He he's processing. I don't know. I think he was mailing tax delinquents, and he got a couple pieces of return mail. And he's on the cusp of between those two deals, making just by skip tracing and following through. And one of them was pretty tough. Same scenario, the owner died. He skipped traces the owner of the return mail piece. The owner had died, and the two heirs, this is in New York, one heirs in Oklahoma and the other is like in South Carolina. They owe like 30 grand in taxes or 35. House is in pretty rough shape. I told him before he even called him, I said, you know, you're looking at a hell of a deal probably because you've got these factors working in your favor.
2: Hmm. Well, you know, uh, here at uh, Blue Spruce, uh, me and Adam, over the last – I'd say year we were doing some direct mail and we were sending thousands thousands of direct mail a week and we noticed that we started getting a lot of returned mail too you know some bad addresses things like that or they just were no longer at that property or um, this is very interesting to hear you talk about how returned mail can actually be a positive and how you can skip trace them just kind of go the extra step something that we never thought of. So, I mean, we're very
0: happy to have you on just to, I mean, I thought of it, but I just never did it. I mean, I'm thinking, so actually you have a service for this now, don't you, Larry?
1: And and before I get sidetracked, yeah. So, uh, you know, here's another little nugget. So if you do a lot of return mail thousands of pieces a month, you could easily have, if you've been saving it, you could easily have thousands of pieces of return mail. Well, or maybe it's hundreds yeah, of pieces absolutely. again, I'm yeah, always, yeah, I mean,
0: we've def- I've definitely got at least a couple hundred. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So again, I, going back to prioritizing, if you look at your return mail uh, sometimes the, the post office does you a huge favor and they'll stamp on that, on that piece of return mail, vacant or deceased. Well, right off the bat, if, if I see deceased on that return letter piece, that's going to the top of the priority list. Or if you see vacant, that confirms the house is vacant. I those see. would be my... So to break that, say you have 200 pieces of return mail, reasonable to say you might have 15 to 20 where the post office has gone out of their way to stamp or write that on there. So that would be my advice to you is go look at those and make those your priority right off the bat. So.
2: Yeah, you know, never thought of it. And like you said, with uh, if they're stamping deceased or vacant, that's just another indication... Um, that there's a high probability if you can find or locate the owners that you may have a, a yourself a very good deal, possibly. That's it
0: exactly. Wow, so this has been terrific. So tell us a little bit. You you have a service that does this now, right? I mean, it, it, did the success sure. you have sort of inspire you to start your own company around this?
1: Yeah. So. We, you know, it got to a point where, so now everything we do, I, I, again, I don't want people to say, I'm not saying mail doesn't work or anything like that. I just, I, I choose not to do mail anymore. Uh, skip tracing is, is an integral part. Everything we do is centered around it as far as getting deals. And it just became our core competency. And we developed the ability to do what we call bulk skip tracing. And, uh, where I could take a spreadsheet of a hundred or 10,000 properties upload it into our system and get immediate skip trace results. And I can start filtering through the data, looking for things I want to see. We, initially, we just, we wanted to start our service to help other high volume people and, uh, quickly realized there was a huge demand for people that, you know, brand new people or people who just have a few pieces of mail a month or whatever that scenario is. And we just turned into a full blown, just decided to open it up and really keep trying, cover everybody's needs. So we can process your return mail for you, or you can just put it in a spreadsheet and we can do a bulk skip trace for you. Or if you're, you know, if you're doing individual searches, you know, we, we developed uh, uh, a user interface, a dashboard system. You log in, you do your searching on your own. It's very intuitive, very easy to use system. And the, so in that sense, we're a data provider. It's upper tier data, mm-hmm. but where we really fill a void and what gives me the most satisfaction out of what we're doing is helping people know what to do with it, what to look for, strategies. And I, I accomplish most of that. We do a weekly phone call on Wednesdays and it's just Q&A. What issues are you having? You know, is it, it could be very specific person you can't find, you've hit a roadblock or a strategy, you know, should I hire a VA to do the calls, a call center, hire somebody in-house, uh, just anything and everything having to do with, with skip tracing and, and how to, how to implement it. Into, one of the things I love about it and I'm emphatic about it is it's so versatile. You can use it and implement it in so many different ways. And it, it doesn't matter what your strategy is either wholesaler, you know, buying rentals, fix and flip, you know, whatever it is. Hell, we had a guy, he's got a, uh, he's got a restaurant chain in Ohio. He's trying to figure out how to target customers with skip tracing.
0: So, really?
1: That Now that never even dawned on me. I was like, that is pretty cool. You know, I, I'd love to try and do something creative with you. I don't know what yeah. that's entered my mind, but you know, so that that's as far as the teaching people how to use it, that's something nobody, that, that is a complete void. And I'm not saying it's a very structured class or anything like that, but, my goal is to, to, to provide as much value as possible in that regard so that you know how to make the most out of the data you're buying and, and you're getting.
0: Well, you've already provided a lot of value to us today. Um, where can they find you online, Larry?
1: Okay. So our website, uh, they can check us out at uh, skipgenie.com. That's S-K-I-P-G-E-N-I-E.com. Uh, you can e- feel free to email me. It's Larry at SkipGenie.com, or also, uh, hit me up on Facebook. I'm, I'm really starting to get more. I've never been a big social media guy, but I'm really starting to engage more on Facebook and I'm enjoying that.
0: That's probably so, how Adam met you.
1: <laughs> and that is, I, actually that's it. And that's what I love about it. Just a random connection. And talk briefly, and now I'm on this podcast
0: talking to you guys. Yeah, in- Adam is uh, excels at yeah, Facebook stalking. Really... <laughs> good job. he does
2: a good job. Well, we really appreciate you have having you on, and uh, you know I've learned a few things just uh, just talking to you right now for the last twenty uh, some odd minutes. So. Uh, oh, and
1: one more thing, and this goes to you guys as well. If you do just want to do a little test run. Definitely shoot me an email and I'll send you a link where you can log in and get five free searches. Nice. And, uh, and if you just have random questions, send them my way. I'll do what I can to, to answer them as quickly as possible. So send that to Larry at
0: skipgenie.com, right? That's it. Terrific. Well, thanks again for coming on, Larry. And we look forward to uh, seeing your continued success. And I'm probably going to go check this service out for myself. Oh,
2: absolutely. <laughs> Thank you very
1: much. All right. Hey, I, again, I appreciate y'all having me on. It was, uh, it was good talking with you. Great.